Good day, everybody. This is Terrence B. Eichler, a.k.a. the Reb, the Reb with the cause, and the cause is you. Because you are the MVP, the most valuable player in your life. Why? Because you're the only one that can really make a difference in the world around you through what you do. I hope you're feeling great today. I hope you had a great Shabbos. We are in these wonderful days of Elul. Ani Dodi Dodi Lee. Hashem is so very, very close to us. He's close to us all the time. But this, this time in particular, that we can get close and accomplish so much if we only utilize the time properly. MVP, meaning value and purpose. You know, there was a Greek philosopher who once said, a life unexamined is not worth living. Now, I'm not big on Greek philosophy, you can be sure about that, but I think he did have, have something going there. Would, would you agree with that? A life unexamined is not worth living. The person doesn't think about why we're here, what we're doing, where we've been, what we've got to accomplish in the short time that we're here. Or even if we're here 120 years, you know, life is a limited time offer. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that if a person doesn't examine their life, if a person doesn't look into why they're here, what we're doing here, what we need to accomplish, what our purpose is. Is that a life that's, that's worth living? Do we have to examine our lives? Do we have to scrutinize our lives? I mean, actually, that's a rhetorical question from, from our perspective, right? Because we know that we're obligated to make a din v'cheshven, to think about why we're here, what we're doing. And as in that conversation I had with Barry Spitzer from Community Board 12, speaking as a private citizen, not as a member of the Community Board, even though he is an activist, but he's an activist as a personal member of the Jewish community as much as anything else. The, the tragic incident that happened with that young woman who took her own life, or they think she took her own life, but certainly the thing she said that led up to it, that she felt that if somebody were to think they would not be religious, could not be further from the truth. It's preposterous. I was thinking about this the other day, that every single moment we're alive, we're constantly contemplating thinking about you know, why, why, why am I going in this direction? How can I improve myself? Even if certain things are done by rote, I'm not saying that they should be, but the fact that we're always thinking about who we are, where we're going, and, and what we're doing. As I heard uh, Rabbi Newberger out in Five Towns of Farakway making a statement about why, I thought this was absolutely fascinating, why does the mitzvah of... Um, Rufa come in the middle of talking about going to war. And he was talking about how in the midst of a war where everybody is only concerned about their personal survival, the Torah wanted to tell us that we have to be concerned about the life and the quality of life of others. And that's why it brought the Parsha about Eglarufa, that if they find a, a dead body, they have to take responsibility for it. They have to say... Um, it wasn't because of me that this blood was shed, and they have to do something to make sure it gets a a, um, a proper and fitting burial. And I thought that was fascinating. He was, the point he was making was not that you have to be thinking. He was making that you have to be thinking about others being perceptive to their needs and um, and understanding that we have responsibility for our fellow human being. So what I was thinking was that this is part of a thinking process, right? I mean, what other people is so involved in the contemplation of what our lives mean and taking into consideration what the lives of other people mean in relationship to everything and everyone around us? Cody Israel, Raven, Zell, and Zell, we're all responsible for each and every other member of Cody Israel. And, of course, I'll, I'll tell you something. I've seen many times where we go out and extend ourselves to members of other religions as well. How many people do we know that have been helped by Jewish causes, by Jewish individuals? The, the stories are unending. Uh, I had a friend of mine, I saw rest in peace, I remember we were going through the Lincoln Tunnel, and there was a, a fellow who was just down and out, you know, ask, asking for money, and a lot of people were just passing by, and this friend of mine stopped the car on the way into the Lincoln Tunnel and handed the person sum of money. And I asked him, I said, what prompted you to do that? And he said that Rabbi Montenegro from, from Morocco had once told him that our responsibility is to make a Kiddush Hashem 
and that includes helping other people outside of our own community. I thought that was remarkable. We have to be perceptive to other people's needs. That's part of what we do. And in fact, if you look in this week's Parsha, if you look in Kisetsi, I want you to look at, look at this and look at it carefully with, with a different type of perspective, a little bit different than you might look at things. Lo sira es shur achicha. Should not see the ox of your brother or his lamb lost and hide from him. Surely you should return them to your brother. I was once discussing this with somebody. I said, look, I don't understand. What is learning about an ox returning to his brother or a lamb? What's it have to do with me today? Well, the Torah is eternal. It doesn't change. We, we, may, we may not be active in, um, in agricultural trading, but it translates into everything that we do today. It means that you see something that belongs to somebody that you know, and, and you have the ability to return to them. You have an obligation. To do that. In fact, it extends beautifully, as Rabbi Zillan Pliskin points out. We have a, an obligation to really keep trying, keep trying to help other people, even if it's a hundred times, or a hundred and two times, or a hundred and twenty times, or five hundred times. Just keep trying. You never know when you can bring somebody back. You can bring somebody back to the fold of Yiddishkeit just by keeping trying. We have to be perceptive to another person's needs. And I'd like to get your feeling about this. This is what Rabbi. Noach Leibowitz from Chovetz Chaim Yeshiva said on this about being perceptive to somebody else's needs. And I, I really take it personally, I really do. Because I think about it, living in a beautiful community like Lakewood where people are arguing and people are always looking to do chesed for people. You know, you can find flaws in any, any, any community that you want and say, oh, it's this or it's that. The bottom line and the top of the line and the end of the line and the beginning of the line is that we are all responsible for each other. And in a community like Lakewood, I feel it, I perceive it. Obviously, it's in Flatbush, it's in Muncie, it's in Des Moines. There's a Jewish community in L.A., Cleveland, Detroit, Timbuktu, Cuernavaca. You tell me wherever you find a Jewish community, you'll find Chesed. So the Torah commands us to return the lost ox or lamb when you see them, to their owner, and warns us not to act as if, ooh, I never saw the animal, can you on a merry way. Even Ezra points out that this obligation, this field, applies even when one is going to war. And we were just talking about this, right? Imagine the tumult and confusion as soldiers leave their families and rush, dressed in battle gear, and right to the front. How could one be expected to notice that a lost lamb is grazing by the side of the road? That's what you should take note of. Or like I just said about the Eglarufa. Shouldn't the Torah excuse someone from acting under such pressured and hectic circumstances from the performance of this mitzvah? Isn't that logical to assume that? By obligating us with this commandment, even when we're on the way to battle, the Torah is testifying that if we have the capability to notice the needs of our friend and his property, even in the most trying of times, our minds have to be preoccupied, of course, with our own survival. Nevertheless, we can, and we have to, be conscious of our neighbor's needs at all times. And an example of this constant awareness, constant conscientiousness, can easily be found. And here's a great example. Ladies, are you ready for this? And this goes for men as well, but we should take note of it in particular with the Jewish mother and the Jewish wife. The mother of a large family spends the day cooking. She's cleaning. She's shopping. And maybe she's even, hold, even holding down a job outside a job as a full-time mom and wife. Maybe she's doing that. And as her last child is put to bed and her final chore of the day is finished, she falls, exhausted, to a deep and well-deserved sleep. Not a noise in the world can rouse her, except... There's one sound that could rouse her, the sound of her baby crying softly in a distant bedroom. This level of continuous sensitivity to the needs of others, just like a great mom, that has to be our goal. You know, when a child starts learning Gemara, he begins by studying the laws of torts, property, and contracts. Instead of spending hours discussing the unlikely case of two people simultaneously finding and 
grabbing a tolerance for the case of one person's ox going in others, why not just teach them the seemingly more relevant laws of Shabbos or Pesach? The Vilna Gon answers this question. When the budding young scholar sees page after page discussing every intricacy of every possible case that deals with another person and his property, he realizes the Torah wants and has a concern, wants us to have concern for others. By beginning with these topics in a child's education, we are trying to transmit those feelings of caring and concern to every cheder child, every little boy and girl. Rebbe Sosalantra founded a campaign to stress the learning of Musr after a specific incident happened. And this incident was the, the catalyst, as it were, for the Muslim movement. Amazing. One day before Pesach, Rabbi Sosalantra passed a very, very religious fellow, a learned man who was deep in thought, contemplating the seriousness of the moment. Rabbi Yisrael asked the man for the time, but the man continued walking, totally oblivious to Rabbi Yisrael and his inquiry. Rabbi Yisrael felt the man was unjustified in his neglect of the chesed, simply giving the time to somebody. Had this man been involved in proper reflecting on tshuva, really understanding what tshuva is, and self-betterment, you know what? He would have been more aware of the people around him who needed his help, not less aware. It doesn't bring you deeper into your own world. It brings you further out into the world of cognizance and consciousness and conscientiousness of those around us. With Rosh Hashanah, Hashem Kippur, almost upon us. We have to learn the... Uh, the lesson of Yisrael Salantra spent spending the rest of his life teaching. The manner in which we act towards others is the ultimate manifestation of our religiosity and our love of Hashem. Yitzu, the manner in which we act toward others is the ultimate manifestation of our religiosity and our love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So upgrading our level of chesed is a fitting first step on our road to Yom Kippur and Shuvah. That says Rabbi Chenech Levud, Upgrading our level of chesed is a fitting first step on our road to Yom Kippur and Shuvah. Nope. What do you think about that? Let me hear your thoughts. Come on. Lama Aaron, this is Terrence B, a.k.a. The Reb. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything. Living life is a show to its fullness because I'm licensed by the state of awareness to live life it's fullest, and uh, I hope to be getting that coaching credential soon. I'm told that uh, I already have enough credentials, but just to make it more official. And uh, I hope to be there for you, for your questions, on things that are bothering you, things that could help you remove the obstacles standing in your way. But what do you think about this, this idea we're talking about now, about the idea of being more concerned about other people? Have you been in a situation where somebody reached out to you or you realized that you had to go outside yourself and you helped somebody else? What do you think about the concept in general and perhaps a specific application in your own life? Just share your thoughts with us. And uh, that applies to whether you're a full-time mom or a mom that's out there working as well or a father or a yeshiva bacher. Wherever you are, we're here for you. This is Jay Radio. This is Terrence B. Eichler, a.k.a. The Reb, The Reb with a Cause. Thanks for joining the Reb Evolution. I want to thank our producer, Ron, for being with us today. All the, the great work that goes on behind the scenes at J-Root. Ron really takes uh, takes the helm up, and we should all give him a yeshikach and be appreciative of what he does, as well as everybody else at J-Root Radio. The station that listens to you, this is Terrence B., a.k.a. The Reb. You can uh, start asking for my new... CD, I haven't released it as yet, but I'm going to give you a, a uh, pre-release discount. It's only $10 uh, through this offer. That is all for the boss for kids, an audio CD in which I do a narration with music and sound effects. And um, I'm going to be offering a special bonus DVD to the first 30 people that order, and believe that the first 30 people that order this, I'm going to be giving a bonus DVD of an exclusive interview that my wife and I did with Rebbe Rukhamashen, Zekhar Sadeh, at the An exclusive interview, one which has not yet been seen, and you will get a copy of it uh, for free if you will be among the first to order the new
new CD that I'm going to be releasing Be'ez B'Shem soon, and you should be hearing about that. But I'm going to give you a pre-release order, and you can place that at uh, at this number, 848-221-4605, 848-221-4605, or you can just send uh, a $10 check or money order to Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, 29 11th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. $10 check for money order includes all shipping, handling, the um, CD of All for the Boss for Kids, the Young Readers Edition, narrated by yours truly, Paris B. Eichler. The first 30 people to place that order will also receive a free DVD of the interview, the exclusive interview with Rebbits and Shane. So you can take it, Lubracha. So if you call 848-221-4605, you can place that order anytime after 12 o'clock today. Take that number down. It's only $10. You can place the order over the phone, or you can really just uh, put a check or money order in the mail and uh, request the CD of All for the Boss and send it to Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media. That's 29 11th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R. 29 11th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. Ask for the All for the Boss Young Reader CD. And in the first 30 to place that order, it's only $10, including the uh, CD and all shipping and handling goes right to you. So just to get that out to me, that's a pre-release sale that we're having. And the first 30 people will also get a free DVD of the exclusive interview that we did with Revitson. So send your $10. Um, better not to send cash. I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to, but you could just send a check or money order. That way you'll have a receipt of what you're getting as well. To Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, 29 11th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. That's the CD, the audio CD of All for the Boss, Young Regis Edition with music and sound effects, narrated by Parrots B. Eichler, yours truly. It's a pre-release sale, only $10 for this exclusive radio order. So you can place it with any of your $10 to Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-A-R, at 29 11th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. Or place your order by phone, 848-221-4605. This is Paris B, a.k.a. The Reb. I'd like to hear from you today, 718-683-5858, 718 718-683-5858. We've got lots more for you right here on the station that listens to you, Jerud. like to hear what's on your mind or on your heart. Let's talk about our preparations for Yontif, what we're going to do to make ourselves bigger and better people, growing for greatness, which is what our objective here is, to grow for greatness. Harris B., a.k.a. The Reb, thanks for joining the Reb Evolution. All right, Ron, we'll go into a little bit of music, and we'll be back after this.
you're ready. Hi, everybody. This is Terrence B. Thank you for joining us. I want to thank our producer, Ron, for being with us and just running things so smoothly. I really appreciate it. He's dynamic, and that's not Khalifa. That is just the truth. All right. This is Terrence B., a.k.a. The Reb. The Reb with the cause, and the cause is you. You are the MVP. We are learning meaning, value, and purpose. That's what we're here for, meaning, value, and purpose. So as we were talking about, the idea of having the sensitivity toward others, especially during this time of year, will help us go into these Yom and Arroyim with a, a greater understanding of who we are, what we need to be, what we want to be, and who we can be. Now, I'd like to get your response on this. I'm going to tell you over a couple of things now, and I want you to listen for the purpose of seeing how you and I can integrate this into our lives, and I want you to call me on it at 718-683-5858, Okay, now, here's something that I saw in the Daily Dose of Torah, which I just thought was absolutely remarkable in terms of this idea of transmitting values to our kids. Now, Ramosha Feinstein, Zetzal, and Ingris Moshe, looked at this Parsha and explained how a Rebbe, and I guess we could extend that to parents as well, should help Talmudim, and I, again, by extension, we could say to our, our kids as well, absorb the precious values that are given to us in the Torah. He writes that we are blessed today with an abundance of material comforts and leisure, and this opens up opportunities for seeking pleasures that never existed before. And this situation is the basis for one of the classic toys of the Yetzirah, which invites a person to taste one pleasure, and then another one, and another one, until they're so focused on feeding the desires that the person turns into a wild beast. And that is not an exaggeration. We've all seen it. At first, the person just dabbles in permitted pleasure. But then when those no longer satisfy the person, they're drawn by the lure of intoxicating forbidden pleasures. Amei Yavin. we all know what we're talking about. And as the person becomes more and more involved in the pursuit of material things, they'll be less and less involved in the Vedas Hashem. The two just don't go together. And if the person is not mindful, it can happen, it can happen that the person will continue on this path of, and I don't use this word loosely, depravity, until the person, God forbid, low and denies Hashem's very existence. But that is the reality of it. That's why the Torah is so strict in the Tanakh of children. And that's why it brings down the Mitzvah or pertaining to the Sormur, the Ben Sormur, the rebellious son. And we can see from here, from the, the really obviously very severe punishment prescribed in the Ben Sormur, once it's clear that this wayward son is committed to a path of debauchery, even if his indulgence is just meat and wine, that are kosher, they're kosher 100%. Torah deems it better that this child, who gratefully, the Torah says, never existed, never will exist, but is there to teach us something. But this, this child, as it were, would, would, and it's just hard to even say out, but it shouldn't be, because the Torah is telling us that it's better to punish him with death than to let him leave this world while he's still Zakai, righteous. While he's still righteous. It's a powerful thought. It's mind-boggling when you think about it, and not, not everybody's ready to hear it. But the Torah is telling it to us for a reason, because this starkly illustrates the harsh truth, and this, this is what it's getting at. A person who becomes so enmeshed in a physical pursuit, to the where this is the focus of their life, and it's the only thing that they're here for, this is a powerful statement. It's better off dead. If that's all they're here for, because that's a path that's going to lead to the end anyway. Ramosh advises Rebbeim to openly ridicule a lifestyle dedicated to pleasure and enjoyment. People that are just running after taiva after taiva after taiva, and rather shower praise upon those who live a simple lifestyle and concentrate on true substance. It doesn't say abstinence, it says substance. Doing mitzvahs and acts of kindness. Oh, you think that's all there is to a life? Hey, let me tell you, kiddo. Yeah, that is all there is in life, and that's all you need to know. Not that, as the poet said, beauty is truth and truth is beauty. That's a lot of hooey. Doing mitzvahs and acts of chesed, learning, that is life. Gehem chayenu. 
And if we only saw the geschmack in that, then we'd be happy. We can take heart from the prophetic message of the Hasim Sofer, who wrote that although for hundreds of generations the Jews, members of Kalani Israel, lived through an exile of poverty and suffering, when the end approaches prior to the coming of the Shia, Kalani Israel will face an entirely different exile. You know what that gullus is? That's the gullus of abundance. Affluenza. Affluenza. The test of plenty is much harder to overcome than the test of one, because indulgence and pleasures is at the root of so many other averas, so many other transgressions, just having and just stuffing ourselves. Another Lexus, another Schmixus. I know a guy who bought a, a, a beautiful, gorgeous car. He had it. And then he saw a guy who was driving an even nicer car. His car only cost him about 80 grand, and this car was about 120 grand. I gotta have it. I want it. I need it. I like it. I, I like it. I want it. I need it. I like it. I want it. I need it. I gotta have it. I just got to have it. I remember a guy telling me that. This was like a, a car that was maybe 10 years ago. He said, my wife and I looked at each other and we said, gotta have, gotta have. Next day we went out and we bought it. The guy used those terms, gotta have, gotta have, gotta have. What's the car? It's a schmuck. It's a broke, broken piece of metal. You'd be lucky if you get a hundred bucks worth from the junkyard. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Well, that's things which are messing us up. Anyway, what do you think about that? Got an opinion? First three people to call, you're going to get a copy of my DVD, Time to Grow, Time to Grow, about making time to study Torah. It's great for everybody. Men, women, and children should look at it. It'll give you a beautiful uplift into how to uh, schedule more time in your day and motivate somebody else to do so. To learn, I've got doctors, lawyers, um, people that are just working in simple jobs, pizza guys, bagel guys, uh, and then, of course, I have really wonderful Tamir Chachamim that addressed the issue of Rabbi Matazel Salman, Zangazund, Shul Kamenetsky, Rabbi Pesachron are all on there as well. First three people to call in, I'm going to send you, Bli Neder Bez Hashem, a copy of that DVD, just for calling in. What do you think about what we're talking about? 718-683-5858, First three people to call, get a free copy of Time to Grow, the DVD about making today, eating the Torah. Come on, what do you think? What's on your mind? 718-683-5858. This is Paris B, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the cause, and the cause is you. The Torah, in describing the attack of Amalek against Ben Israel, states, Asher Karcha Bedera. Rebbe tells us that Rashi translates the words, the word Ercha, he cooled you off. Yeah, cooled you off. He cites in the name of a boy, not bad to which we are afraid to enter. The rebellious individual jumps in. Although he suffers severe burns, he's cooled off the bat in the eyes of the others. Similarly, 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 the nations of the world were awe of Ben Israel when they left Mitzrayim. Amalek, by daring to attack, they diminished this fear. We're going to talk about that. Hi, you're on with Terrence B. Hi, are you talking to me? Yes, Hello? we are talking to you. How are you? Hi. 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 I'm okay. Thank you so much. Um, this is more of a question than a comment, so maybe you can shed some light on it. In efforts to do the right thing, which I'm very lucky to be in a community of friends who are really, really working hard to help each other, to put our lives in the correct perspective, um, to go to Ashiyurim, et cetera, et cetera. I live in a great neighborhood. In efforts of doing the right thing, sometimes I feel that perhaps we're a little too harsh on each other. For example, if one neighbor's wife likes a little bit nicer clothing, and one likes to change her carpet when it's all stained and yucky, and one needs that little vacation, I really think it's a little dangerous that some of us are accidentally, let's say, looking at each other and judging harshly. I don't no think life is meant to be that way. I don't think Hashem meant it to be that way. I'm very forgiving and understanding of people who have their own needs and desires. I'm not talking about the extremes now, your story with the car. I'm not talking about extremes. But nowadays, 
We don't want our young children driving an old, broken-down car so they don't get stuck on the highways at night. I drove that way, but I can't let children drive that way. So that's just an example of one place where I do feel when the car is old and if you can afford it, you don't want to take a chance of your children breaking down on a highway no, at night. I, married excuse children me, I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm, in total, okay. I'm, I'm in total accordance with that. Okay. I agree with you. On that, I wouldn't let my kid drive a beat up old car either, and my father, Rashawn, would not let his kids drive one. But okay. when he got me a new car, and I'm not saying every parent, you know, is capable of doing this. You know, my father bought me a new car. He bought me a Toyota Tercel. Toyota Tercel was like, you know, the the lowest end Toyota that you could buy. He said, "This is good, reliable transportation. You just got to get to where you got to, and that's it." But today. Right. A parent thinks that they're, you know, they're somehow depriving their kid if they don't buy them a new infinity. Come on, Dad. Everybody else has got one. Come on and go with that. You know, why do you have to get your kid a new a new infinity? If he wants it, let him go and work for it. Why do you have to, Correct. you know, give him the time? What, what are you teaching him by that? And if that's what Correct. we're thinking about, or as, uh, you know, as, uh, as somebody once told me, I was at a, at a fundraiser, and as the, the people that ran the organization came in, the Balabas, it was a very generous guy. He said, and I'm not so sure it was entirely tongue-in-cheek, he looked up and they show, he showed them this new chandelier. Which, the chandelier cost maybe $100,000 or $120,000. It was sometimes a very exclusive, exquisite crystal. And he looks at one of the uh, heads of the, the organization. He says, uh, sorry, there's your new classroom. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he was only, only kind of kidding about it. But who knows? If a person is going to spend that money when they could have given it to a Moisad, whereas a friend of mine, I was very close to him, sweetheart of a guy, was talking to somebody who used to help his organization. The guy was driving around in a brand-new Rolls. And, again, you have to forgive somebody. You know, if somebody could afford it, gay gives a date. I don't, I don't care about that. Let mm -hmm. him use it to mm -hmm. help. That's a lot of help. But if it means that the guy's driving around in his new Rolls Royce and that part of that could have gone to help a Moisad, and he just said, you know, my plate is full right now. Maybe his plate shouldn't have been that full. Or, you know, it was interesting, interesting because, you know, a year later the man was not in this world. If he would have come down here, sure he would have taken every dollar that he had and given it to uh, a Torah institution. doesn't Correct. mean he shouldn't drive a nice car. It doesn't mean your kid shouldn't drive a, a safe car and a reliable Right. Car. I'm we just should. saying that we need to be careful in judging each other's needs, wants, desires. We should be a little bit more flexible and and judging someone else, and they come out, and then women used to say, oh, look at her in her new custom shape. In the meantime, it's become not even a major um, luxury anymore that most women are wearing. It became standard for women to wear a little bit nicer shape, so no one anymore is saying, oh, my gosh, is there a human here, because that's become pretty much the standard baseline in many communities. Where years ago, if you did that, it was, oh, my gosh, look what she's wearing. So you know what happens. It changes the standard of the community, and so we have to be a little more understanding and flexible when someone has those needs. But what I'm emphasizing here is not how much money we're spending on our items. It's judging each other. If someone needed a new car because he travels further and your husband does, and people are different. One wants the front of the house to look nicer and the inside is a mess. I'm just saying we should all be careful. In judging someone else's needs, desires, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Okay, thank you for listening. Thank you very much. If you send your uh, your name and, and address, we'll send you out that DVD. If you send it to eichler media gmail dot com. The point okay, that I was great. making. Thank was you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Idea, the idea of what this woman was talking about about the way we judge other people. I I, I agree with that. In fact. When we looked at the Parsha in Shulton, where it says that you should make judges and uh, law enforcement officers for yourself, many commentators say, first be a judge over yourself first before you judge somebody else. And that's important. I think the term in Yiddish is forgin, right? To be able to feel good about what somebody else has. So it's not even so much talking about looking at somebody else and telling them, why don't you uh, have a more moderate lifestyle? We have to tell it to ourselves first. If you could afford that Jaguar, maybe you should have it. Maybe in the you know the arena in which you work, everybody drives a Jaguar, and you know, it wouldn't look cool if you're not driving it. But if you could buy a Chevy Impala or some other car that doesn't draw as much attention to it, or you could be using that money to help people, 
I don't know. I mean, ask a shy lady. He thinks it's the right thing to do. I'm not saying, who are you to tell me what kind of car to drive? I'm just saying, if I were to do that, I'd ask myself twice. Should I drive the Jag, or should I get something a little bit more modest? I, you know, I was in the house of Moshe Reichman, Zekin's out of the brother. He had a caddy parked outside his house, but it was a modest-looking caddy compared to what he could have, could have afforded. It was very modest. He didn't drive around in showy things. He didn't, wasn't a showy person. If you went to his house, it was a mansion. But it didn't speak loudly of, of, um, of Gaifa. It, for his standard, for his magnitude of wealth, it was very modest. I think we could all learn from that. Parents B, a.k.a. The Reb, thank you for joining us here. Hi, what's on your today? Hi, you with us? Okay. All right, 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. The next two people to call in will be getting a copy of my DVD, Time to Grow. You can just leave us where to send it. Hi, parents be with you. How are you? Hi, you got a little noise in the background. What's going on? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear us? Yeah, hi, how are you? I love your program. Thank you. I just came in the middle, so you know, I might have missed a bit, but what I what I, you know, you know, shocks is that I walk around the area that I'm living and you see these people you know, building mansions, not judging them. But my perspective is that takes a year or two to build and they spend months and months running different, you know, showcases, the different tiles, months and months choosing the knobs in the kitchen. And these, I mean, my perspective is, we don't live for a few houses. Why do we need to spend two years building our mansion? You know, we need a clean, nice, big house, you know, to, to build a happy family, to have um, rooms to do a bit of in. What more do we need? There'll always be a bigger house in the neighborhood. Well, what do you say about that? Yes, there always will be a bigger house. You know what? Be someone with more. Always a beautiful wig, a beautiful house, a beautiful car. Face life. You've got to get used to being happy with less, not trying to live up to the Joneses. We're living up with the Coneses. So I, I would say, look. I don't judge anybody else if that's the way what they want. I may have feelings about it, but I feel I'm going to start with myself. If I'm in that position, then I have to be the standard bearer. So perhaps each of us has to be the one that sets the course. As this woman was saying before, the, the previous caller, I mean, she feels she doesn't want to judge harshly, and, and she's right. Maybe it's not for us to tell that to somebody else. But no, I've never the, been anything. You know, no, it's, it's we can lead by example. We can lead by example. If you're in a position where you have that that ability to do that, maybe you should just tone things down a little bit. Not what your kids are going to see what you put the emphasis on. So if it's important to you, they're going to say, "Why shouldn't I be like that?" But if you live with a certain type of poshness, a simplicity, and you can live a wonderful life and take a vacation, a great car, and have a wonderful house and live with simplicity, it's just that we're driven to do it, as this woman said before. That because everybody else is doing it. So because of that, we tend to follow the pack instead of being the leader of the pack. I want to thank you very much. It was a very, very thoughtful call. If you'll leave your address or send it to eichlermedia at gmail.com, I'd like to send you a copy of the DVD, Time to Grow, about making time to learn Torah. It's great for men, women, and children because everybody wants to make time or encourage somebody else more time in their life for Torah. Thank you very much for the call. This is Parents B a.k.a. The Reb. Thanks for joining us. Take a little musical break, and then we'll come back with our closing remarks right here on the station that listens to you. Jay Root, thanks for joining me. Roll for greatness. This is Parrots B, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the cause, and the cause is you. Hi there. Hello. Oh, if you know what, if you could call in on this line after the show, after 12 o'clock, 
I just leave your name and address. I'd like to send you out a copy of that. No, I'm just saying. I'm going to call after the show, after 12 o'clock. Call back on 848-221-4605 or send a note to eichlermedia.gmail.com with your name and mention that you called and your address. I'd be happy to send it out to you. All right? Thanks so much for the call. Shana Tavak, Ziva Simatoyva, thanks for the call. Thanks for joining us here on J-Root. All right, Iran, if we have another call, we'll take it. If not, we'll take a musical break. Hi, are you on with us? Hello? This is Terrence B., a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the cause, J-Root Radio, around the corner, around the world, because we are so close to the Yontif of Rosh Hashanah, and then the beautiful days that follow as well. Sarsimit Shuva, Yom Kippur itself, and then the preparation for Sukkot, Sukkot, and all the days of Chalmoyed, and then Hashanah Rabbah, and then, and then the last day of Simchus Torah, Shmini Yitzharis. We have so much ahead of us, so much to accomplish, so much to be thankful for. Think about the people that, that you know that were here last year and aren't this year. And how we have to be that we are among those that are still here and that we have to daven with every ounce of strength that we have that a Kaddish Baruch will give us life that we'll be able to continue serving and that we can fulfill our mission. I think back at a fellow who based a daven with a Nevesikin minion in Kol Shemshin there in Lakewood. And I remember seeing him for, for years davening in one corner of the shul. Wasn't wearing a towel so I understood he wasn't married. Then one year I noticed it was magical and wonderful. He was wearing a talus, a sparkling white talus. It was magnificent. Yes, he had gotten married that year. Just so happy for him. Bella was a little bit older. And he had a child after a few years. And then just this past year, just this past year, I heard that this fellow had taken ill. And before you knew it, Hashem had taken him to the oil of Amos. It was heartbreaking, really, because he had a now, uh, now he had a three-year-old son after all that time waiting to get married and all that time waiting for a child. But Hashem and his chesed and rachamim and wisdom knows what's best for each of us. We have to do the best that we can. We have to be the best that we can be and try to accomplish everything that we can. Gosh, me, it's, yeah, it's my... But is that what we're really davening for? We want Hashem to be recognized as the Melech. We want to be able to marble cover the Shemayim, marble cover the Torah. That's what we're dominating for. He'll send you the guilt. You need it. He'll send it to you. He wants to make you rich. He'll make you rich. You're not supposed to be rich. You won't be. Be happy with what you got. But be happy that we're here to say thank you, Kaddish Baruch for making me a member of this people, Kral Yisrael. Thank you for making me a member of this great Jewish community. Thank you for making me part of this community right here with all those great listeners on the Jehu community. We're so happy that you tune in. But we have to be tuned into each other as members of Crowley's Row. And I want to finish with what we were saying before, that this idea of recognizing that we can't cool things off. If, if we recognize that what Amalek wanted to do by going in and just cooling things off to try and make it that we would just, um, just care about Torah and Mitzvahs, we would just realize that if we would just take those steps in the right direction, we could get things so much more accomplished. And if we'll do it in unity, as we say, when you go out to war against your enemies and the Kurdish Baruch will give them into your hand, the Rizal notes that the verse starts off in the singular when you go out to war. Your enemies is plural. And the Torah reverts to the singular when you say give him. The point here is that if you have unity, if you're as one when you go out against your enemies, and even though your enemies are very numerous, they'll be defeated just like they were one single person. The importance of unity for accomplishment applies not only during times of war, my friends, against an enemy. It's just as necessary during times of peace. When a group of people work together on any project with a spirit of togetherness, they will accomplish much more than they would if they were doing things by themselves. That's part of what the greatness of a radio station like j is. Unity. It fosters octus. It forges unity. I think my good friend Nissen has a show called uh, The Arba Minim. The show that within the diversity is unity. We're all different, very different. And you know what? That's great. We just have to take those differences and recognize the commonality of those differences, and that's what makes us great. Octus. So let's strive for greatness. Let's grow for greatness together. 
do it, Be'ez Nishem, as we move forward to these Yom Anoraim. Always happy to hear from you. Don't forget to order that audio CD off of the boss, Young Readers Edition. Send $10 to Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, 2911th Street, Lakewood, New Jersey, 08701. And the uh, first 30 people that place an order for that audio CD will receive a free interview that we did with Rebbitz and Shane Zekatanik Labracha on a DVD exclusive interview. At any rate, this is a free store release. It's only $10 on this radio offer for the audio CD of all for the Boston readers, your kids, everybody in the family will enjoy this audio rendering of that great, uh, that great book by Rebbitz and Shane. Just $10 to Eichler, E-I-C-H-L-E-R, at 2911th Street, Lakeland, New Jersey, 1101. This is Parrots B, wishing you a great week with Simcha, filled with Tyra and Mrs., doing chesed, helping other people, being the best that we can, growing for greatness. Parrots B, a.k.a. the Reb, saying, thanks for joining us. The words of hell, the rest is commentary. Now go and learn. 